Cats at Night. Now, here's John Katsimatidis. This is John Katsimatidis. This is, it's the 5 o'clock show, the number one show in... Uh, Not the 5 a.m. show, because you've been no, here we since were here 5 a.m. No, we were here since 5 a.m. <laughs> just about... Five, you got me. See, you got me confused now. <laughs> me and Lydia were here at 7 o'clock this morning. We did the Bernie and Sid show. Yes. And now it's 5 o'clock at night, and we're here again. That's right. And what did we have for lunch today? We had the best Burger King ever. It was amazing. My God. I had the number so one Whopper. So much for your diets. So the much number for one diet. Whopper. He, I, he, he said he could eat it. He had a Whopper and the fish sandwich. And uh, in the studio with us, we have uh, Richard Weinberg, uh, Justice uh, Retired Judge, and uh, Retired Chief of Staff from uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani. Uh, we have uh, Tony Carbonetti. How are you, John? How are you guys doing? I'm sorry I missed lunch. Yeah, it was a great lunch. I'm I'm very happy I missed that lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you got that flame broiled taste of those patties. Pretty They're not good. bad. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> there was a Supreme Court ruling today, uh, and we have um, for Pennsylvania, and we have on the line former Attorney General Ernie Priot. Ernie, how are you today? Uh, good, John. Can you explain, Judge Weinberg feels it's a very significant uh, ruling. You feel it is. I'm just, I'm not a a lawyer. You guys are sophisticated lawyers. Me, I'm a college dropout. (laughs) Well, John, uh, the professor is, uh, uh, and and the judge are right. Uh, This is a very significant ruling. The Third Circuit decision in May of this year allowed for mail-in ballots to be counted, to be tallied, even though they didn't have the required date on the return envelope, which was required by the legislature. The the Third Circuit ruled it was a meaningless uh, uh, entry on an envelope. It didn't make any difference. But the Supreme Court threw out that opinion today, and when it threw it out, it put Pennsylvania into turmoil. Because the state now has to decide what they're going to do uh, when there's ballots that come in that don't have the required data and information. It's not just about whether you put the right. Can, can't they call state. Philadelphia for extra ballots if they need more? <laughs> they fill them in advance. You know, it, 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 that, that, that was put on there to make sure that the ballot had been mailed in timely fashion. When were they postmarked? Were they postmarked and, before and, or after uh, Election Day? Well, the, the issue here is what does the legislature say? That's exactly right. It's this way. Then the courts are not allowed to change the rules. They're not allowed to say, oh, well, we'll allow it anyway, even though the legislature plainly said there has to be a date on it and it has to be postmarked. Uh, we're not going to, we're, we're, if they say that, then it has to be followed. That's what the Supreme Court is saying right now. The Attorney and, General and, is absolutely correct. The federal constitution, as Professor Dershowitz will, will tell us, says very clearly well, that the state legislature Dershowitz is on the line right. and he'll talk for himself. You don't, you should not talk for <laughs> Professor Dershowitz. <laughs> All right. He's, I always no doing that. I'll let Professor uh, Dershowitz talk for me. Professor uh, I'm happy to have I'm happy to have him talk for me anytime. He's 100 percent right. Look, the framers of the Constitution made a decision 
Uh, it may not be a popular decision today with a lot of Democrats. They said the state legislature and only the state legislature determines the issues surrounding an election. And Pennsylvania has violated that in different ways. The governor allowed late ballots to come in after the legislature said, no, there was a specific date. And if there had been enough votes to determine the outcome of the election, there weren't. But if there had been, the Supreme Court would have probably changed the election results. Uh, Pennsylvania really is at least on two occasions violated Article two of the Constitution. And so this is an important decision because it may presage what the court will say in more general issues of whether the legislative actions are subject to review by the courts when it comes to presidential elections. These are hard questions. And I think we're seeing how the Supreme Court is leaning on those issues right now. And there are lots of challenges all over the country now in Arizona and other places to uh, mail-in ballots, to early ballots, uh, uh, to ballots that are, are being counted by machines and not without, without backup. We need to know before the next presidential election what the rules are. The Supreme Court has to set them up definitively so nobody can complain that the elections involved unconstitutional actions by state courts. Well, that's it's not only Allen and uh, General, it's also not just the state Supreme Court of Pennsylvania that played the game in 2020. It was also the Secretary of State of Georgia who went into a consent decree, which, which, which was violative of the state law of Georgia at the time. What does a consent decree mean it, for people that an, aren't an lawyers? An agreement with the parties that were suing. So the yeah, state... And, and that's another problem. What right did the Secretary of State of Georgia have to get into a deal on that, which was contrary to the state Alan, law of Georgia? Alan, Alan, go ahead. Well, no, I, I, once we're talking about Pennsylvania, I propose a test for who are really principled Republicans and principled Democrats who are willing to be against their party if principles tell them to be against their party. For me, the Democratic test is, no good Democrat can support the squad, can support Ilan Omer, can support anybody who's a bigot, a racist, an anti-Semite. But now that test is being put to Pennsylvania Republicans because they nominated a guy named Doug Mastriano. And Doug Mastriano just the other day complained that the man who's running against him sends his kids to Jewish day school. And there's something wrong with that. He gave a contract to a guy named, um, uh, uh, I can't remember his name now, but he runs an anti-Semitic uh, uh, company. And, 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 and he's been accused overtly now. He made a 500 uh, and he took a $500 contribution from um, uh, an anti-Semitic uh, uh, a group. And so, you know, I'm asking for for principled Republicans to do what I want principled Democrats to do. I want principled Democrats to reject the squad, and I want principled Republicans to reject Mastriano, and a lot of them are, and he's going to lose the election. But I think that's a good test. If you're a principled Republican, you cannot support a bigot and anti-Semite, somebody who takes money from white supremacists. Well, we have a Pennsylvania resident here, former Attorney General uh, Ernie Priya. How, how? What say you? 
Well, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I, I take the opposite position of the, the distinguished professor. Uh, I know Doug Mastrano. I don't think he's an anti-Semite. I don't think he's a, a, a racist. I think he's a very principled man. He's a veteran. He served this country. He got 12 medals for, for his work as a, as a, a, a brigade a commander in Desert Storm. Uh, he loves this country. Uh, I've, I've not seen any evidence. I've met him. I've talked to him. Uh, I've not seen what the, the circumstantial evidence is that the professor is referring to is, is surfacing in his personal conversations with me as a lawyer. Uh, and I tell you that, that I think that he would make a fine governor. He would be somebody that would be able to, I think, bring some people together and, and enforce the law carefully, uh, as opposed to the, the current administration, which is all over the lot, on voting. Every other day they were changing the rules in 2020, which is one of the reasons why we're in this turmoil in this country. And uh, look, I, Shapiro, I agree with you. You can you can make a very good argument against Democrats, but I don't think you can defend Mastriani. He he calls for a Christian country, Christian power. He doesn't believe in the separation of uh, church and state. He supported a group that says we're not going to be dominated by the 2%. What does that mean? That means the Jews. Uh, he made a contract with somebody who I know you can't support, uh, the Gab people, who he, he paid $5,000 to the platform Gab, who was, uh, who, who, you know, the man who was accused of doing the Pittsburgh shooting had posted anti-Semitic screeds on Gab. You know, you can say the Republicans are better than the Democrats, but the Republicans should have nominated somebody better than him. And, you know, the best proof is that some sleazy Democrats, sleazy Democrats, were pushing for the nomination of Mastriano because they knew he would be easier to beat because of his extremism. And, you know, it really well, that, something's wrong with politics when that happens. I wanted to switch gears uh, now that we wanted no, no, to talk. Let him oh, oh, OK, OK. Anything else? Any no, other look, comments have, before we move on? Well, look, I think it's great we have a disagreement. Both sides are presented, and people can make their own opinion. That's what's great. Let about the people show. decide. Yeah, it's that's what's great about this show, and what's great about Katz. He presents all sides of all issues. Ernie Priot, I wanted to ask you about Fetterman sure. because that is a huge, huge race. Fetterman versus Oz, and I, I have serious questions about Fetterman's mental capabilities since he had that stroke. I want you yeah. guys to take a yeah. listen to what this reporter from MSNBC had to say regarding her just the other day interview with Fetterman and how she was unable to even communicate with him to have a simple conversation with him. And this guy could be the next congressman. Senator, 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 Senator. excuse me, Senator. Wow. It's yeah, it's scary. Senator for Pennsylvania. Take a listen. Uh, we had a monitor set up so that he could read my questions because he still has lingering auditory processing issues as a result of the stroke, which means he has a hard time understanding what he's hearing. Now, once he reads the question, he's able to understand. You'll hear he also still has some uh, problems, some challenges with speech. And I'll say, Katie, that just in some of the small talk prior to uh, the interview before the closed captioning was up and running, it did seem that uh, he had a hard time understanding our our conversations. Well, let me let me tell you something. The balance of power in this country has to do with who controls the Senate. And you're going to have a guy who's going to vote the way the Democrats tell him to vote. 
no matter what, abolished the filibuster, packed the Supreme Court. This is very serious stuff. We need to have somebody who's capable, Democrat or Republican, but not somebody who does not have the intellectual capacity. He should be in capacity. rehab, not right. in the, the Senate. The people around him shouldn't be doing this. If Did he's you see physically what he incapable. Said the other day in a campaign ad, I thought this was the onion. I thought this was a fake campaign ad. But uh, Fetterman said that you should vote against Dr. Oz because he once killed a litter of puppies, a litter of puppies. And then you read further down if the article, if the if the ad is real, not fake. But the article further down says that when Dr. Oz was a surgeon at Columbia and doing research on heart conditions. He, he, he killed dogs, as all researchers do. You kill dogs, you kill pigs, you kill rats, you kill all those things. My, my granddaughter is doing that right now. She's an MD, PhD. Uh, and the idea that he would come out against the candidate claiming that he killed a litter of puppies. I mean, where have we come to in campaigning in America today? Ernie Priya, what's your reaction to I mean, Fetterman is not is not fit to be a candidate, never mind to be a member of the Senate. Well, I, he has not been able to campaign across the Commonwealth like he should to explain his positions. His positions are extreme. They're dangerous. Uh, he's been he's been unable to articulate just exactly what he is going to do when he gets to the Senate because he, he can't put two sentences together. Uh, so you've got bits and pieces of statements and he's going to be for letting criminals out of the jails. He's going to be for letting murderers uh, go free from the prisons. Uh, it, uh, it, those are the kinds of ads that you're seeing. And, but he's not been able to articulate what he's going to be doing with, with, with the, the, the Israel issues, with, with the Mideast, with oil, with, the, with uh, Ukraine, with Russia, with China. I mean, I want to know that. I want to well, know what about what is it about America that we have to from uh, go ahead, Alan Dershowitz? Just what is it about America that we have to choose between these candidates? Um, you know, Dr. Oz has problems too. He won't recognize the Armenian uh, genocide because he's too closely connected to uh, uh, the Turkish president Erdogan. You know, we should be doing better on both sides. We should be presenting the American people with choices between superb and very good instead of mediocre and very bad. And this is not only in Pennsylvania. This is all through the country. Good people don't want to run for office anymore. I was just going to say that the most normal people I know say I won't run. Yeah. Now, I have an interesting question. The question is, did this always happen? Or is it because now of uh, the Internet, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, et cetera, et cetera, or, or was it always happening and nobody picked it up because it's no, the I, communications I are different? Happening. I don't think it was always happening. I think it's happening now. Remember, when John Kennedy was president, Robert Kennedy was the attorney general. The media knew stuff about their private and sex lives. It just didn't disclose them. Maybe they went too far in the opposite direction then. But now, you know, everything, every, they search everything in their background. Did the person have an abortion? Did the person tell somebody else to have an abortion? You know, it's, we've just lowered the standard for political discourse uh, so much. 
No, it wasn't that way in the old days. Sorry, it just wasn't. Alan Dershowitz, thank you. And uh, and uh, former Attorney General Ernie Priot, thank you for... We had an interesting conversation, and uh, let's see what happens, and we'll continue it. Thank you so much. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night show. Now on the line for us, the next governor of New York State, Governor uh, Congressman, excuse me, Lee Zeldin. Welcome back to Cats at Night. Oh, it's great to be with you all. So, uh, yeah, tell, oh. tell us, uh, Lee, uh, tell us about uh, what happened with your daughters. I mean, you must have said, told the story 38 times already, if not more. Uh, I mean, I know your daughters since they're, you know, like 10 inches high or something, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was uh, a long time before they started walking when you first met them. So the uh, girls were at home at the kitchen table for a quiet Sunday afternoon doing homework. My wife and I were at the Columbus Day Parade in the Bronx. We had just left Morris Park, and we get a phone call from Michaela, and she's frantic. Ariana is flipping out in the background. What had happened was around 2.20 p.m. Sunday afternoon, they hear gunshots. Uh, They end up hearing screaming. They thought that the multiple people uh, near our front door on our porch were coming after them. We're targeting them. We're trying to get into the house. They ran upstairs. They locked themselves up in the bathroom. Ariana immediately called 911. Michaela called. My wife and I uh, the, the law enforcement responded. They were in the bathroom for a while, and they, they don't know what's going on outside of the bathroom. My wife did a great job trying to keep them calm. It turned out one of the bullets was found as close as 30 feet from where the girls were sitting there doing homework. Uh, two people who were shot were about 10 feet from uh, where the girls were. One was lying underneath my front porch. The other one was a couple of, uh, a couple of feet away under a bush right next to my front porch. And we don't yet know who the shooters are, if there's one, if there's more. We don't know motive. But this quiet, peaceful Sunday afternoon at my house ended up resulting in coming back home to uh, two pre-traumatized girls and crime scene tape in front of my, my front door and being told by law enforcement to be careful where I'm walking because they were still finding blood on the property. It was uh it was pretty wild. So it was a pretty chaotic scene. And today my girls are uh, taking the day off from school. Uh, they'll go back hopefully tomorrow. Uh, Congressman, it's Richard Weinberg. It seems to me that this is living proof that in this state, under the current regime, there is no law, there's no order, and there's no safe places. What do you say? Listen, I, I think that there's been so many high-profile crimes over the last two weeks Related to cashless bail, directly resulting in a mother of three being murdered in the Buffalo area. There's a woman who was attacked at the Howard Beach subway station by someone who had murdered his own grandparents and then violated the parole this past August. And his parole officer wasn't able to keep him detained because of the Less Is More Act that Kathy Hochul signed as well. So if you look through all the different acts of what what had happened from the dad from Long Island killed in Marist College on Parents Weekend a couple weekends ago, the Green Goblin Gang on the subway, four knife attacks in 10 hours last Thursday in the New York City subway. Breaking news, WABC. It just happened, and this goes with what you're seeing. A teenage school paraprofessional was shot in the head as he left his job in Brooklyn this afternoon. The 19-year-old victim 
victim who works at PS203 was walking near Avenue M and Utica Avenue in the Flatlands when he was shot one time. I mean, this is just incredible. So every, there you have every it. Day. Every, every day. Every day. This is a 19-year-old kid. There is no law. Doing, there is no order. There, and no one is safe no matter who you are. And the yeah. two kids that were shot in front of uh, Zeldin's home, they were teenagers, by the way. I know sources have been telling us here at WABC that it was a gang shooting. Uh, Congressman Zeldin, you were also attacked back in July with a knife object. We were talking this morning with John. When it hits home, it's one thing. When it almost hits your kids... That's a whole other story. I've been seeing your interviews. I saw the look on your wife's face yesterday at the Columbus Day Parade. I, I think I've never seen this so much resolve and passion. I truly believe that the only way we can save New York is by putting you in Albany at this point because they're yeah. that's it. Yeah, they hit the ground running on day one. I mean, we have to repeal Castle's bail. We must give judges discretion to weigh dangerousness. We have to remove district attorneys who refuse to do their job. That's we it. need to start unapologetically backing our men and women in law enforcement again and having their backs. We know what we need to do to take back our streets. Unfortunately, one party rule up in Albany right now, they feel like they haven't gone far enough in passing pro-criminal laws. They feel like they have to do even more when they get back there in January. They want to pass the Clean Slate Act to wipe out all sorts of different criminal convictions. So we need to take back our streets. We need to back our men and women in blue. And we can't wait. This isn't something, well, what are you going to do in your first few months? No, we have to figure out everything we could possibly do in our first day. Yeah, Lee, it's Tony Carbonetti. You, you just said it. I mean, the Democrats want to talk about national gun laws. If you have district attorneys that don't enforce the local gun laws, what is the national gun law going to do? If you go and when yeah. you become governor on day one, you start holding these DAs, hold their feet to the fire, remove the first one. They'll all fall in line. That's right. That's right. I think it sends a very powerful message to other district attorneys when they see the first one get noticed. I've, I've made the public pledge that the first act, my first day that I'm in office, is turning to the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg to notify him that he's being fired. He swore to uphold the the state constitution and does nothing to do, nothing. I have a daughter. You have a daughter, Tony. Judge Weinberg has two daughters. John has a daughter. All of us would I, take. I feel for you, Lee. All I, of I, us would take numerous bullets for our kids. And the fact that this happened on your front doorstep in Shirley, Long Island. I mean, what what more does do people have to understand? This no one is safe. It's literally coming to your front doorstep, even if you're a congressman. Yeah, and you know what was so wild? I was I, I started to have media showing up at the house, and they're giving me, uh, they're, they're requesting that I come out, make a statement, answer questions. So eventually, at first, I I wasn't going to do it that evening. I was just focused on my kids, and that was it. And eventually, we got a bunch of requests. There's a lot of media out there. So okay, so I brought my wife and kids. We go outside, make a statement, answer questions. The first question that we get from the member of the media. Is, is criticizing me for coming out and speaking about what had happened. I'm like, are you kidding me? You just asked me to come out. The only reason why I'm standing here is because you showed up at my, at my doorstep. The only reason why we're not doing this any closer is because there's crime scene tape right next to us, and you're giving me a hard time for, for answering your request to come out and answer your questions. So I, mean, I, just, listen, I understand that there's an election coming up four weeks from today, and there are people who want to hold the water of the person who's filling the seat right now. But this stuff, I really do say this, and I believe it. I feel passionately about it. We all everywhere have to vote like our life depends on it because it does. And Congressman Zeldin, one last question. Abortion for people out there that say you're some radical. Can you can you explain yourself? 
New York codified far more than Roe a few years back. And when we woke up the day after the Dobbs decision, the law in New York was exactly the same as it was the day before. Nothing changed. And I'm not rolling that back. That's it. He's not rolling it back. So what do they have against him? He's not rolling back abortion. For all those people out there that are fear-mongering, saying Lee Zeldin is going to remove a woman's right to choose, that is a lie. And thank you so much, thank, Congressman thank you, Zeldin. Thank you, Lee Zeldin. We'll have you on again real soon. All right, take care, buddy. Thank you. This is Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Welcome back to Cats at Night. We got a we got a good show going on tonight. Right now we have Senator Alphonse D'Amato, Senator D'Amato, the he greatest senator. us this morning. I know we missed him, but it's okay. We got them all fired up all day long. Senator D'Amato, the greatest senator New York has ever had. I know you like to say it was Moynihan. I like to say it was you. You tell it like it is. Tell us what the heck is going on with the migrants. I mean, now they're in Staten Island. They're putting them all over. We spoke to Vito Fasella, the borough president. He said they're finding out like two days after. After the fact that they're bringing the migrants, I, I mean, this is just insanity. We should have asked Dershowitz if he let them in his house. He's, you know what Dershowitz said? He said he would have welcomed them. Yeah, he was because pro- they're he throwing them. him out of the island. The people, they don't like him. He should sell his house and give it to the, the migrants. Senator D'Amato, what do you think about all the migrants that are flooding the country? Well, I want to say that this has been going on now for two years. And it's only since... Uh, the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida made examples, and they've sent relatively a handful of people. Remember, you probably had close to 4 million illegals enter this country. 4 million. And so what are they talking about? Uh, maybe six, seven, eight thousand 8,000 altogether that, that they're talking about Texas shipping up uh, uh, to New York. There were tens of thousands Tens and tens that were coming up, that they were flying them in at night, that they were uh, becoming uh, uh, the taxpayers' burdens uh, for welfare, for housing, for education, etc. And I'm not saying we should close our borders. But we should have an orderly process by which we allow people in. There should be a certain number. You just can't take in X millions every year without knowing who they are, where they're going to be, what they can do, etc. You just can't do that. And, and that's not even talking about the criminal element that comes in. And it's creating every day. We find out new cases of who, who has come in and they found out he or she was wanted for murder, or they're involved in, in, in uh, sex trafficking, or they're in, involved in killing our kids with fentanyl. And what about the terrorist watch list, produced Senator. in China, and, and that the mobs in, in, in Mexico are making hundreds of millions of dollars, and we lost over 100,000 kids last year. And the year before that, another 100,000. What the hell is not the matter with this administration? Joe Biden and congressmen, senators, uh, and, and, and people in Congress get together and, and let's see that we have a border that is protected, that we know who's coming in, that, that we set reasonable numbers so that you don't have this kind of thing where one community is overloaded. And, and look, if you were the governor of Texas and you had these hundreds of thousands of people coming in every year 
over flooding your communities, don't you think you'd do something and say, we want others to share this burden? And so at least the governor of Texas and the governor of Florida have, by way of sending up a relatively few, a handful, compared to what comes in every single day, uh, and made a point, wake up America. And this administration, and by the way, I want to tell you, um, if I were in the Senate or in the Congress now, I'd be down on the floor every single day pointing out the tragedies that are taking place right. uh, to our nation as a result of open <laughs> borders, because that's what we have in spite of what they're saying. Oh, no, we're controlling the situation. That's B.S. And it's time to put a stop to it. And I have to tell you, if uh, if Americans don't wake up, and if they don't change uh, the the Congress, that at least can start to point out and pass legislation and see what Biden does um, um, as it relates to that legislation. If he vetoes it, we'll call it to the attention of the people. And eventually we'll elect somebody who will protect this nation. I want to ask everybody in this room a, a, a question. And maybe maybe I'll start off with uh, you, Judge Weinberg. The Democrats, do you think this is a willful destruction of America, what they're doing? They cut off our energy supply. They're you know, causing all this inflation. They opened up our borders. Think, they're emptying I the prisons. Think, I think somebody's attacking our system. So you think John Katzmatidis thinks this is on purpose. Judge Weinberg, what do you think? I think if you had a checklist of things to do to destroy this country, they're, they're meeting all the people on the checklist. Tony uh, Carbonetti. I, I hate to say it, but yeah. I mean, it's, it's too, there's too many things that add up where you say a rational person can't agree with these things. And Senator D'Amato. Absolutely. Look at our energy policy. What, why do we go from being independent that now that we have to go and we kiss the backsides of, of this dictator, right. ruthless guy in Venezuela, we go over and, and, and kiss the OPEC people and beg them. I, I can't, believe that, we I can't believe that President Biden said, I'd rather buy uh, oil from Venezuela than buy it from Texas. Well, believe let me it. tell you something. Do you know we have more natural gas in the southern tier, the Binghamton area of New York on our southern border, okay, that we could keep New York supplied with all of the natural gas it would need for at least the next 20 years? Why aren't we developing it? You tell me. You tell me because the politicians in New York, the governor and, and, and the predecessor that doesn't want to take on uh, uh, the climate change people. First of all, natural gas is one of the cleanest burning fuels you'll have, and we're mm-hmm. going to need it. Even when we're running everything by electric, how do you produce the electric, you jackasses? And <laughs> yeah, so, full of crap. Here, yeah, here we have more natural gas than, than just about any other uh, place. We have 100 years' worth of oil, uh, oil in North America between the United States and Canada. Didn't yeah, California just, just pass a bill? In New York, John. Just yeah. in New York, we have enough, enough natural gas to take care of all of our needs for, for the next Jamie, 20 years. Jamie, I understand Jamie Dimon put out uh, a tweet or, or, or discussion today, and everything we've been saying on this show is yeah. true. And I think the New York Post uh, posted it. Did you see it? And, and also, not 
oil, not all oil is the same. We produce the cleanest, the best, the finest oil, and yet we're begging By Venezuela way, if, for dirty oil. If anybody oil. hasn't seen it, I will retweet it on my Twitter. I'm jcats2013 is my Twitter. Jamie Dimon put out a story today uh, that uh, everything we've been saying on this show for the last three months is absolutely correct. Uh, open up the spigots on oil, and the price uh, of oil comes down to fifty five sixty and then guess the interest rates go down and we don't and we don't bankrupt the country john i, I remember people saying that was too you were simplifying the the, the uh, solution and then look john was right the entire time senator damato uh what else is uh bugging you i was gonna well uh, the the crime uh, we're just seeing more and more uh, in our communities here uh, uh, we see uh, this attack that takes place uh, when two or three youngsters are being shot out out in Long Island in, in, in front of Lee Zeldin's house. Um, that's just a little tiny fraction, an example of what's taking place. And the fear that people live in, in our cities in particular, it, it, this is incredible. And what do they want to do? Oh, we're going to pass gun legislation that says a licensed gun person can't take their gun into a church. That's Four not times the square. licensed gun people or who, are, who are doing the killing. For God's sakes, you've you got to stop the criminals. And you don't stop them if you arrest them one day, and then you let them out. So, and Senator D'Amato, you're saying that a sign that says this is a gun-free zone won't deter the criminals? Sure They're going uh, to say, oh, look at the sign here. Let me put my gun away, my gun illegal gun. Who are creating the problem. <laughs> it's the unlicensed ones who, when they get arrested, are cut loose. Put right back out on the streets. And so many of them aren't stopped today because the police don't want to have the problem of arresting somebody that they know is going to be right out there. They'll be out there before the cop gets right. done filling out his report. The only state in the nation, all right, where a judge is not permitted to hold somebody because the judge thinks that person is the danger to the community. The cops do their jobs. The district attorneys undo it. So why would a cop keep going out there? But also the discovery process is a hot mess. aren't stopping people because they know that it's useless. Right. Why why bother? Something bad can happen. While I'm arresting that guy. Something bad can happen to them. Right. While I'm arresting that guy, he's going to end up suing me and taking my pension away, and the state doesn't even back me up anymore. And Senator D'Amato, another quick question. The NYPD, they've had their qualified immunity removed, which means that they can be personally held liable. Do you think if Hochul becomes the, well, I was going to say becomes the governor because she was never elected governor. Uh, If she wins this race, do you think she could remove uh, qualified immunity for all cops all across New York State? The legislation. Will push, the the no legislature will push that, that legislation. She will not take on the left wing of her party. She hasn't done it to date. Uh, she hasn't removed this jackass who's the district attorney in Manhattan. And, and I don't see any change. And, and I have to tell you, when I read the stories, and you've talked about it, how a $600 million contract is put out. And she suspends the uh, uh, provisions that would require a competition, so she just awards it. And there was no emergency and pays twice as much. 
600 million instead of 300 Jeez. million because she gets a $300,000 contribution from the guy who owns the company. This is incredible. Even your dog is upset, outraged by that. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> that 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 is that's criminal and that should be investigated. That should be investigated by the U.S. attorneys. Okay? I couldn't agree more. Senator Alphonse Tomato, thank you so much for keeping us fired up, and we will look forward to talking to you again soon. Good being with you. Thank you, sir. Now on the line with us, Ryan Payne. And the, as John would say, there's a lot of pain in the markets. And what did Jamie Dimon say? Can you explain to us as well? We were talking about it before. He said, turn on the spigots. I think they might be listening to John Katzmatidis. Hmm. They might be. Because John's probably been the only uh, voice of reason here saying that the Fed really needs to stop with their aggressive interest rate policy. And, you know, I think that's the big fear right now, right? It's just like, how far is the Fed going to push it? Um, I think Senator D'Amato's dog as well was upset about it, too. I can tell you in the background. <laughs> he was like, what Kathy Hochul should go to prison? What? <laughs> <laughs> you got to laugh sometimes because it's so crazy. Even the dogs are upset about right. it. Ryan, Who let the dogs out? Judge Weinberg. I'm a dog lover. Let, let the record the dogs be clear. Out. Woof. I'm a dog lover. Let the record be clear. Ryan, so I saw the Secretary of Treasury, Janet Yellen, who used to have a good reputation, today said that the U.S. economy is doing just fine. What do you say about that? Oh, my God. Oh, God. I I think it's doing just fine, um, you know, if you're extremely wealthy. But even if you're extremely wealthy, you know, you're feeling inflation right now. So I think that's, uh, you know, I think it's an insensitive comment. Even if you're extremely wealthy, is your portfolio uh, fine? (laughs) <laughs> it's down 20, 24%. I mean, uh, Bank of America went below 30 today, 29 something. That's, that, that's some serious pain, John. Uh, J.P. No Morgan almost yeah. is below 100, almost hit 99. I mean, it was 170, 170 just uh, about six months ago. And the house values are down and, too. And Bank of America was at over, was at $50. Yeah, no, I think I think everyone's feeling the pain across the board here. I think that's absolutely right. Um, but I think, you know, bottom line is, look, I mean, you're at a point now where wages aren't keeping up with inflation. So I don't think you're going to talk to anybody in this country that feels really good about the state of the, the U.S. economy. And, of course, it's, it's more uh, disturbing when you have the Fed talking about continuing to raise interest rates. Uh, meanwhile, right now, you know, everyone's feeling the pain. you got to stop using the word pain. I, I have a lot of pain. I feel your pain, John. <laughs> and Ryan, what does it mean? I read an article today in the Wall Street Journal that mergers and acquisition activity is way, way down. What does that mean? That means the banks aren't collecting their fees. That's what that means. That, and, and that the Goldman investment can't bankers, be on six sides of every deal. They're not going to make a bonus in exactly. December. Which so what does that they're mean? They're not buying apartments. They're not giving out money to charities. <laughs> no, it's a good point. I mean, I think the banks. Specifically, like Goldman Sachs, I mean, they're, they're, you look at their earnings last quarter, they were down almost 40%. But, you know, that's a little bit of the boom and bust of, you know, they had so many mergers and acquisitions going on over there. during the pandemic, right? We had all the crazy SPACs that were out there. Um, you know, you had all, all the IPO. It looked like a lot like the dot-com era bubble. The SPACs went uh, completely bust, didn't they? Just pretty about. Much, pretty much. John, if you gave your daughter $1,000 and said you have to spend it or I'm taking all of it, you have to spend every penny of it or I'm taking it back, what's going to happen? She's going to overpay for something. That's a SPAC. Yep. 
Yeah, well said. Well said. No, and I think I think disproportionately anyone who benefited from the the pandemic, like the Goldmans of the world, probably are disproportionately feeling the pain more now. So, you know, I think the overall economy still doesn't look awful. Um, you know, despite what they say in the They're media. They're trying to force it into a recession. That's what me and you have been saying, I think. Yeah, no, 100%. Because, I mean, look at the job market, right? I mean, it's, it's strong. Yeah, People yeah. are seeing their wages go up. And let me give you. It's already coming down. Let me give you, uh, Ryan, let me give you one example I said. If you had a house that was worth $500,000 and you were paying 3% interest mm-hmm. and you wanted to sell that house, if you could, and you wanted to buy another house because you did well this year and they want to buy a million-dollar house, would you buy it if you have to pay 7% interest? Yeah. No way. No, no way. and that's why the price of the house has to go down now. That's why, you know, machine kaput. Mm-hmm. Things are going down. So if you really, really want to sell your house and the guy has to pay 7% interest, you don't have a $500,000 house. People you, are might, buying, you might have to sell it for 400000 right. People are buying like $20 million houses for $5 million bucks. It's crazy what's going no, on. No, no, you're wrong. It's $27 million house. <laughs> it's crazy what's going on out there, John. Somebody's getting a good deal somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But I pay, I pay cash. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, don't we all pay $5 yeah. million dollars in cash? Uh, well, Chappaqua State. Right, right. Payne, you are with Steve Moron every Saturday right after Larry Kudlow at 1 o'clock to 2 o'clock every Saturday. You guys, whoever wants to find out what you... Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Welcome back to the John Katz Matidis Cats at Night Show. We we have been fired up today. Who let the dogs out? I mean, we started up this morning with Cindy. Cindy fired us up. <laughs> I, yeah, Cindy Adams. I think she's going to make worldwide news. Did you hear that interview, Tony Carbonetti? I did not. I was sleeping this morning at 7 a.m. Yeah, she said she wants to do something to Mayor Adams. By the way, they are not related to one another. Really? No. It's not the Adams family? No. Okay, so we got Dr. Peter Michelos back with us. He was up with us early this morning at 7 a.m. Now he's back with us right now. It's Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Tony Carbonetti, you got the memo. You're wearing a pink shirt right there. I'm wearing my pink shirt. I I actually talked about it on the air that I had a mammogram done. I did not want to have it done. I mean, but they tell you once you hit this age 35, you got to do it. They found something irregular. I freaked out. But then after what I saw, what Bernie went through, I said, I don't want to die. And so I did the whole biopsy and it was it was so bad for me, like mentally. It was just like whatever. But I had to get through it. Thank God I'm okay. So talk to us, Dr. Mikolas. How important is screening, getting those biopsies done? Because it is a very curable disease. Absolutely. And it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And the recommendation is any woman who's 40 and over or any woman who has a family history, discuss it with your doctor and sometimes get it earlier. There also is genetic testing that you can do. And uh, mammograms will sometimes find a spot. And sometimes if they're not sure, then they go on to what's called an ultrasound where you look at a bump with sound waves and it'll distinguish whether it's a solid tumor or a cyst, and that's helpful, especially in women who have dense breasts. People who are at higher risk are people with dense breasts. People who had their periods earlier are at higher risk, and these are some of the things that you have to be uh, careful with. If they still can't figure it out, sometimes they even do MRIs, which can look at soft tissue and give even more information, but now breast centers around the country have mammograms readily available and many places offer free mammography 
to women who are uh, uninsured or underinsured. And there are several places that you can look it up in your uh, area and zip code that they do exist because cancer is a problem, especially now since COVID. We've noticed that many people did not go for their mammograms. Many people did not go for colonoscopies. Many people didn't go for their annual physicals, labs, EKGs. So now we're seeing a surge in uh, the medical community of various things, uh, including uh, we talked about a surge in sexually transmitted diseases too during COVID. But breast cancer is very important. My mom died of it at age 68, so it's very personal to me. And, you know, people miss out on uh, a lot of life. But the good news is that there are many, many treatments now when you catch it early. And uh, there's even people working on some exciting news with breast cancer vaccines that will not only be used for treatment, but also for prevention, where they'll take a piece of the tissue of your actual tumor and make antibodies just like they make antibodies against covid they'll make antibodies against breast tumors and they'll make vaccines that will generate antibodies against breast tumors and even pancreatic cancer they're working on that as we speak so we're very fortunate that american ingenuity and people risk their capital and uh, get things out there the other thing that's happening this month on the medical front and you'll hear it first on wabc is that in the next few weeks as it gets colder and people move indoors it seems we have a new variant, two new variants of COVID, BA46 and BA7, which hopefully will not be as lethal. It seems that most historical viruses become more contagious because they wish to survive, but they become less lethal because they don't want to kill their hotel human host that they want to survive. So you'll be hearing more about those variants, which now seems to represent about 12% of cases around the country. And in Florida, the numbers go down because as it warms up, people go outside. And for us, it'll go up because we're going to start moving inside into closer closer quarters. And we now know that in dry, dehumidified air, the virus spreads more readily. And in moisture environments and outdoors, it does not spread. That's why in Florida, when they move indoor during the, indoors during the heat, they get more cases in the air-conditioned uh, dry air. And then the last thing we're seeing, which is another medical threat in my opinion, is the electric car fires. And that one case that they were on the highway and the electric car caught fire, these batteries put out hydrogen cyanide gas. So let's say you're on this highway and you're stuck in this big traffic jam and you're with your kids in the car and the electric car goes on fire that was exposed to salt water during the hurricane and you breathe in that hydrogen cyanide gas, it can be very, very toxic. So we're going to be hearing a lot more about uh, electric car safety. And the Princeton study recently also came out and said that People have trouble navigating to the shelters because in rural areas, they have to find a charger and they might have to go the opposite direction of a shelter to find a charger. So uh, we're going to be hearing more about the lack of infrastructure, lack of grid and uh, these uh, safety issues related to putting the fires out and that the fire departments and rescue workers are not really equipped. Does water put out the fire or does it take chemicals to put out the fire? It takes about 1,500 gallons of water to do it, but they end up reigniting. So they, they found that they end up having to make these big bathtubs and they have to actually submerge them. And one of the things to remember historically, when the earth was created, the big chemicals that were burning when the earth started were hydrogen, lithium, Helium and lithium is one of the things that is actually, uh, you know, very, very in uh, flamm- and fl- it, it, it catches fire under the right circumstances. And that's why in airplanes, they uh, tell people that they really don't want these types of lithium batteries 
uh, placed in the belly of the plane where you can't monitor them because sometimes they do spontaneously catch fire. And Holy cow. You mean somebody puts there. their computer in the plane that could yeah. cause a fire? Yeah, they would prefer that they... I had a Phil Rizzuto used to say it. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah, well, we want everybody to stay safe and get your mammograms, your colonoscopy, and listen to WABC for more health tips on living longer. Get your Thank PSA you, Dr. Mihalos and, uh, and Tony Carbonetti and Judge Weinberg, Lydia. Uh, it's time to get out of here. You've been here since 7 o'clock. And what do we stand for? Truth, Truth justice, justice, and the American way. God bless America. It's Cats at Night on the Red Apple Podcast Network.